You're listening to Cine Binge. Welcome to Cine Binge. This show was born from my friend's persistence in me watching certain shows. I've been asking Simon to watch Dark, a German TV show on Netflix, which I guarantee he will like. But for some reason, he's always been a little apprehensive about watching it. So I said, I'll watch it if we can put a podcast around it. And this is that podcast. Welcome to Cine Binge. My name's Simon. And my name's Andrew. And today we are talking about episode eight. Which is called As You Sow, So Shall You Reap. No, it isn't. It's called As You Sow, <laughs> So You Shall Reap. I was going to say, it's a bit of a tongue twister, the title to this one, I think. It is. Well, it's because I've heard that, that, that uh, phrase, variations of it over the years. Mm. And so I always get it mixed up as to how they titled it versus how I've heard it previously. Because I've heard it as what you sow is what you reap. Yes, exactly. It, it all means the same thing ultimately, doesn't it? Mm. Huge episode this week. This was the episode where finally the penny from 1986 dropped and made me want to watch the next episode pretty much straight away. Kind of figured that would happen. This is certainly that episode. And in fact, on re-watching this now, uh, as I'm re-watching it again with you, uh, I, I immediately did that. <laughs> I got to the end of this episode and was like, yeah, I know what happens next, but I'm still going to re-watch and ended, ended up watching to the end of the season yet again. So we get a few answers in this episode. We get an answer to a question that only happened in the previous episode, and that was where we see a, a little boy whose face is covered in blood and he wakes up in the blue room and now we find out how he actually got that wound and my theory of saying I don't think that's his blood I was slightly wrong not for the first time with some of your theories so far yeah um I do have another theory on well I have uh, not a theory but I think I know where this show is going to go Okay, well we'll, we'll we'll hold off on on exploring that because there's a lot to to talk about with this show first. True, and uh, so let's let's not jump straight into Simon's theory just yet. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's it, as you're right. It's a very interesting episode, really, isn't it? It's uh, it leaves you. Uh, well, I think it leaves you feeling sorry for certain individuals that we were previously probably feeling uh, quite angry about i guess uh, based on the previous episodes and vice versa we've also seen a character who we kind of had a little bit of sympathy for uh, just do something that was so ultimately horrible and horrific you kind of go oh no 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 that's just not on so yeah let, let's talk about it let's actually talk about what happened in this episode it, it makes me I, i'd like to hear an interview with the filmmakers of this because you know there is that uh, dinner party question um, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler when he was a baby would you and that's the mm -hmm. vibe I got with this with this episode and that's the vibe I'm, I'm getting sort of with the whole with the whole show now um, mm. but going back to the beginning of this episode we have another back to the future reference and it opens with loads of clocks there's loads of clocks um, in the scientist's room. And I thought that was very reminiscent of the opening to Back to the Future with uh, Doc Brown. He's actually a clockmaker, which makes the, the existence of all those clocks in his shop actually quite like 
expected, I guess. Um, Unlike Doc Brown, yes, who's just a bit of a lunatic. Uh, yeah, yeah. But certainly um, his, his professional day job is about time. I think the, the biggest thing in this episode, I think the biggest change in this episode, change of pace, change of scenery, change of time, was going to uh, 1953. And that was quite exciting because it was quite new and um, it was interesting to see this show isn't just going to be jumping from 1986 to 19, oh, sorry, to 2019. So I thought this is interesting. I did think the whole show was going to be based around two um, decades, but clearly that's not the case. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's based on the conversation that, that the uh, the clockmaker Tanhouse was having with the stranger. Uh, when they were talking about how people tend to think of things as in, in dualities, uh, black and white, up and down, uh, and and the reality is there's there's a third, uh, there's a third state. So you, uh, when you have an up and down, you also have a middle. Uh, so and and that kind of plays out in this episode because we now discover that there are three time periods, not just 1986 and 2017. To yeah. Think about oh, sorry, 2019 rather, I should say. Is it 2019 that it was set? Because the show came out 2017. It's set, it's, yeah, exactly. That's why I got confused. So it's set in 2019, this particular season. Right, okay. Uh, and then jumps, because it's, it's 33 years difference, isn't it, between 86 and 2019. If you can do maths, it is. Um, yeah. So we see the the beginning of the power plant in this episode, or with the, and it's all very, you know, the, there's propaganda, how good this is going to be, and um, which I thought was quite interesting to see how the, 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 the this very opener, very countryside-looking town has no... Uh, you know, the, the, the whole show, the whole season, we've seen these beautiful vistas, but they've always been shaded with... Uh, you could see the power plant in the background or you could see something that was like industrial mixed in with this like beautiful scenery where in 1953 you see, well, obviously the power plant isn't there just yet. So you see it as like a completely different village and there's a different vibe. Um, hmm. But I think it's like ma- in back to the future. It's like in back to the future when he goes back in time and, and the, the mall is no longer there and it's just, Arms and and advertising balls telling people what's to come. Yeah, I didn't expect Ulrich to be going back in time in this show, to be honest with you. So I thought that was interesting. Um, mm. He decided to take the. Did he go left? Uh, yes, he basically has taken a different route if he's ended up in fifty three instead of eighty six. Which makes me think they're the the that must be the only time zones you can go to because there's only left and right in this um cave yeah so it it, it's it's essentially what what you're describing what you're seeing in that cave is essentially what the man what tanhouse is describing in that there are three points Mm. and they meet they converge so you have uh yes from from one direction you would end up in 86 and the other direction you would end up in uh, 1953 the what I found interesting about that conversation in in the clockmaker's room when they were discussing this idea that there are there is a there is a third way that there's a center point uh, 
And when you consider that in terms of the years that we visited, in my mind, that makes 2019 the future. And 1986 is the actual central point, the now. Mm -hmm. The 53 is the past. 1986, uh, sorry, 2019 is the future. And 1986 is the now. So although the show started with what was going on in 2019, I, I this this that conversation makes you kind of think, oh, actually, maybe that's what we were really witnessing there was the future. Yeah, there was an awful lot of exposition in this episode, an awful lot of explaining. And um, mm. I don't think it's possible for a TV show or movie to explain time folding without taking a piece of paper and folding mm. it it happens in like every movie you see that yeah. talk about time it happened in uh, mm. uh interstellar it happened in that do you remember that horror sci-fi movie what was it called um event horizon have you seen that yes yeah so they did the whole time folding and that so um mm. and in event horizon that basically opens up hell that dim- dimension uh, by when they fold time so the, we have in this this isn't just about this isn't just sci-fi there's other stuff going on here with like I think there's there's a I think in the next season there's going to be a lot more evil and bad stuff going on that's my mm. prediction not theory that's just Simon's prediction um, yeah. but this episode basically centred around well most of the time it was with uh, it was with the scientist and uh, the guy who uh, was he is he the stranger is that what we call him the stranger he is the stranger yeah yeah so there's the stranger and who I think is not going to be a stranger I think that's going to be someone who's already I think that could be like Jonas or Ulrich or someone no not Ulrich but I think it'll be like Jonas from the future whatever um, that's not my theory that's just a thought difference and then um and then, but we centre around this little boy uh, who we don't really know who he is. Seems a bit weird, like he's got a dead bird at the beginning in his little box and like, well, we hadn't seen any dead birds for a while. So, um, but had he killed it or had he uh, had this fallen from the sky? And he said um, it fell from the sky. He said this to, did he say this to Ulrich? No, he said this to... Yeah, he said it. Was it? He said it to Ulrich. Yeah, he said it to Ulrich. That's right. And... Which, if that is true, it's not the nuclear plant that's being causing these birds to die because the nuclear plant... Let me get this straight. It's not being built yet, has it? No, it's due to be built, but they, they need planning permission. Yeah, so the nuclear power plant isn't what was causing the birds to fall out the sky. So that's kind of being cleared up. Um, so we, yeah, we open up the show with, the, with this little boy. Uh, he goes to this big house... Um, and I'm not sure if it's his mom, but she basically is a bit of a bitch. She's, she's basically not very nice to him. Um, tells him to strip, which is really, really uncomfortable to watch. She like the way that the camera just stays on her and she folds her arm and, you know, they really, it didn't feel comfortable at all. Cause you felt sorry for that kid. Mm. He's, he's the kid. He's getting, em, you know, he's getting embarrassed and she was like a bully. Mm. Um, and then uh, we have a man who's limping, and I'm, is is he his father? Do we find that out at this point? Yeah. So they they uh, they talk about Bernd Doppler being uh, the kid's father. Uh, I think in the police station, 
Um, it's it's basically established. It's following on from the previous 1986 episode when we were talking to Bernd Doppler and, and Helga Doppler. Uh, there's, there's clearly some sort of father-son relationship there between yeah. those two. Um, so I didn't like I didn't like the, that lady. And there's also a very there's a weird subplot in this episode where we have um, a lady who's going to be moving into a house but she gets invited for dinner there or something yeah she's yeah she's um i think she's renting uh, a room or rooms and uh, has been invited to dinner they, they it wasn't intention that, that they would be you know feeding agnes and her son but mm. they've been invited to dinner all the same because doris has become friends with her i guess and now just when, wants to be nice now when they say things all happen when they say everything repeats itself in this show certain themes um and the first thing i thought was there might be a, a, an affair going on here because there was some chemistry between the lady who was visiting to stay for uh, who was uh going to stay at the house with i i don't know who it was but with the uh with with that guy and but then later on there's some well i i think lesbian connotations going on because there's that moment where uh she brushes a hand and they have a moment and you're like what is going on with this this is this is uh interesting not in a bad way i, I think it's, it's it, i certainly find it interesting that when you track back that relationship the uh between obviously we know that ulrich was a cheater and then we also discovered that in 1986, his father was also cheating with uh, Claudia Tiedemann. And then now we've gone back another step and we see that Tronte's mother, Agnes Nielsen, is also potentially likely to be, uh, you know, coming on to a married woman. So there's 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 a history there. There's a history. It kind of makes you wonder, you know, is, is the reason that Ulrich is like he is, is because he saw his father being that way and his father saw his mum being that way. Mm. And it's just kind of, they just followed the the natural kind of, they, they've, yeah, they've just copied what they've seen, copied the behaviour. Yeah. Um, we find out the person who opened the show, the, the whole series, there's that voiceover and now we know who that is. It's the uh, scientist guy. What's his name? Tanhouse. So it's Tanhouse. And we, t- yeah. And we also see him in um, in 1953. And he gets mm-hmm. visited by Ulrich. Um, yes. And Ulrich mistakenly leaves his jacket behind with an, <laughs> with an iPhone in it. Um... <laughs> Which yeah, another kind of common common trope of of, of uh, time travel stories, isn't it? That like yeah. technology from the future or um, information from the future is leaked back to the past, and is that likely to now inf- influence and change history? Yeah. Um. So I thought it was a it was an in, it was an episode that didn't really. Um. It was like I'm trying to explain it. Uh. Where. It didn't feel like it progressed the overall story with what's going on. It just felt like it was filling in little parts for you to go. Mm. It felt like it was setting up for the next sort yeah. of season and next like next two episodes. 
it feels like you mm. know it, it still hasn't gone into overdrive yet it still hasn't like started to race but it certainly did make me um like yeah like get on board i'd still get confused about all the different people in this and you know even that had the montage and it showed all the different times and how like people were related and stuff we had that wall like there was a scene where we had the wall and there's all these pieces of strings connecting everybody and then there was a lady don't know who that was uh don't know who that was um yeah so uh, this kind of goes back to previous conversations that we've had around how this this show moves very quickly doesn't signpost everything and it it kind of you you will pick things up on a rewatch the worst thing you can do is to kind of go oh who's that lady that i saw in this episode and then google it and then you end up in a whole world of spoilers that you didn't mm. want to see so it pays more to go back and rewatch an episode when you haven't quite got why people are in the scene that they're in so taking that lady as an example the the shot just before you you see her based on the rest of that that kind of montage sequence where it's showing people from the people at different ages in their life it would show for example Egon Tiedemann as a as a young man in 1953 mm. and then again in 1986 and then it would show somebody like uh Regina Tiedemann and it was showing each character each of the main characters at different parts of their their life um and that old lady shows up on the wall she shows up as being the uh the elderly version of Claudia Tiedemann, who we've seen in 1986 as the power plant uh, boss, the one who's about to take over from Bernd Doppler, mm. uh, and also as a young girl in 19 in 1950 as well, 1953. So we've seen her in her younger form in this episode and in the previous episodes, and we're, I guess, meant to work it out from the shot on the wall oh okay we can see that's how she would look as an older lady and in the very next shot you see her standing there so it's it's kind of although it doesn't make it clear that that's who it is the information is there in the earlier shots it's just that if you're if you blink and you miss it you're you're gonna miss perhaps some important information but at the time they do that there's not really a huge deal to know other than oh they've introduced you know another age of, of a character is it's not a major issue to to not know who that is at this point because it will be filled in in later episodes anyway well i mean i would say so the older lady who we see now i'm and so what what year was she in like when was she looking at that wall that it, you know it's not clear about that that's a good yeah, that's that is a that is a very good question. I mean, the, on that subject as well, the the whole what year is this? Uh, we, we can probably ask that of of what year is the stranger talking to the clockmaker in? Yeah. What year is we had the same kind of conversations? I think for the last episode when we saw Helga, nineteen eighty six Helga and Noah in the bunker, they, <clears> and <throat> Helga was dragging bodies away, and Noah was writing on the wall the, the dates. Yeah. And we were like, well, you know, we can see that that's 1986 Helga, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's in 1986 at that point. He could be in any time period. We just don't know. And in this episode, we realise, based on the fact that two bodies turn up on uh, in the power plant area, mm-hmm. that they they were actually in 1953 at that point they helga from 1986 has actually gone back to 1953 by the looks of it mm-hmm. and that's 
that's where they dump the bodies. So, yeah, that's that's essentially what the uh, you will be getting this in the episode where it's it's not always clear immediately what year they're in, um, and that information will kind of be filled out later. Yeah. Do you think um, when you were watching this, did you think this is going to this is could you predict where it was going? Um. And were you right about your predictions? I don't think anyone who watched this show ends up being right about where this show ends up. Wow. Um, There's some points in this episode which, again, the the information's always there in plain sight, but it doesn't necessarily strike you on first watch. You may, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just talking about like watching it later on once you've figured it, once you've seen everything play out. I'm talking about what getting to the end of this episode and then hitting restart and watching it again and then just pay, paying a little bit more attention to what's going on and the connotations of what, you know, the conversations that are being had. Uh, like, for example, um, the very, the very opening line, there's text on the screen that says hell is empty and all the devils are here. Uh, a line from The Tempest by William Shakespeare. And then later on, they start talking about the Antichrist when they talk about uh, the, the the importance of the number 33. And they talk about how Christ died at 33, uh, that the Antichrist, uh, the age of the Antichrist was 33. And so, and then just as they talk about the Antichrist in that, who should show up on screen? Hmm. It immediately Noah. cuts to Noah, st- Noah standing outside a church. Um, and it's like, that that's something that you... All right, it's fairly obvious, but you may miss it the first time around. You might not, yeah. might not, might not necessarily make that connection. And it's only on a rewatch you kind of go, "Oh, okay, I see what they did there." Whether that means anything or whether that's a red herring, that's that's to come. Yeah. But it's certainly those little moments where they kind of throw things in, and then on a rewatch, uh, you kind of go, "Okay." And like the whole conversation with with the uh, the clockmaker and the stranger talking about uh, the not just the past affecting the future, but also the future affecting the past. And it plays out in this episode exactly what he's talking about. Uh, It shows us that everything that we've seen up till now, when we saw Helga uh, already with his face covered in blood, um, sorry, Helga's face is already disfigured in 1986 Mm -hmm. and in 19... Uh, in 2017 2019 rather as an old man in the care home and the things that he's saying then when he's saying tick tock tick tock one of the things that he did say when Ulrich went to visit him in the care home to try and find out more about what had happened way back in 86 with his brother and um Helga woke up in a star and he was really panicky about what was going on you know he said something like it's him uh and then said uh I, I think he says something like, I can, I can change the past and the future. Mm-hmm. And, and because of what he's been saying up to that point, we've all taken that to assume that he means he can change the past and the future. Like he literally can change the past and the future. But then in this episode, we hear the same line uttered by Ulrich just before he strikes him. Mm-hmm. When he goes to start chasing him, um, and he, he says, "Oh, you know," he starts telling him about what he's going to do in the future. And and by the way, that that was really creepy when he said, uh, "What was it?" Uh, when he's showing Ulrich the birds, and he says, "Oh, they're beautiful when they're dead." Yeah, and that, I was like, yeah. straight <laughs> away, just... I got like a a, a Damien, uh, uh, like a, yeah. this kid is not quite quite the um, he's yeah, yeah. there's something wrong with this child and you know they say 
serial killers often start by killing animals. Mm. And, um, mm. and when he said, yeah, it's beautiful when it's dead. And I just, there was, but um, the scene following that, and we have Ulrich talking to, um, what's his name, Helga? Yeah. So the scene when we have Hel- uh, Ulrich talking to Helga, and he realizes, or he he's pretty certain that he has something to do with him. He's the, to blame for the disappearance of Mikkel and his and his brother. And we, I didn't expect the show to go where it it went. I yeah, I thought yeah, he's gonna. I thought he's gonna like hit him, but I didn't think we were gonna see it. And it was so graphic the way it did it it was mm. like wow this yeah. this is um it was such a it was shocking yeah it, really it was shocking because it, it didn't cut just... away because you're used to this character Ulrich who you think he's like the protagonist he's you know mm. even though he's he's had an affair and stuff you think yeah. well deep down yeah. he's a cop he's a good guy but and it comes back to what i said at the beginning of this episode if you could go back in time and kill hitler would you and i that's mm. where i think a lot of this show has um, has come from because, uh, and I'll get my theory in now where I think this show is going. I think the actions that are happening, like now, are going to cause really bad shit to happen, and that has to be fixed in like the third third season. And I think the scientist and the stranger, I think they are going to they will turn out to be the protagonists. Or certainly the strange will turn out to be the protagonist and I think it's going to be a lot more um, I think you, as I said earlier you're going to get the, the the very clear bad guys and good guys in the show um, some will want the events to continue some will, some will want the events to, has, to still happen some will still want these events to happen and the others will be doing everything they can to stop these events from happening. That's my theory of the day, Simon's theory. Tied into what we saw uh, Helga go through. I mean, he went through a lot as a child. It's it's, it's understandable now. Um, we we were kind of looking at him and going, "Oh, he was a bit weird in 1986." But now that we actually see his childhood, we kind of feel for him again because we got pissed on as well. We you know we haven't even got, yeah, spoke he about was that. Bullied, yeah. Bullied by by some random guys that stole his money. His mum didn't seem to be treating him very well. Bernd Doppler seemed to be treating him quite nicely in comparison. Um, I don't know. He, he, even he seemed to be a bit... It seemed a uh, bit creepy, though. Yeah, you see, yeah, maybe. But he, he also seemed to feel like he was maybe a little bit protective of him and knew what the mum was like mm. because of the way he kind of looked at her at times. Um, so, yeah, there was something... That, yeah, he... he didn't seem to have the best childhood growing up anyway uh had a lot to deal with and then obviously having this really traumatic experience of uh, a man basically calling you a, a murderer to be and then smashing you over the head with a rock potentially then giving him some sort of mm. i guess brain damage because multiple times I mean, yeah based on based on how he sort of um speaks in 1986 you would assume that that's that's basically the the um yeah the the result of that um but I mean, that does sort of throws an interesting point because, based on what they've shown us so far, with nineteen eighty, uh, like going through nineteen eighty six, we could see the damage on his face. Then yep. we saw it again in twenty seventeen. We saw him uttering uh, words that Ulrich said to him 
now we're back in 1953. Mm -hmm. So what we've seen already must be the way it happened. And yet this episode ends with him dragging a lifeless body into the bunker and then waiting outside, like contemplating what he's done. Um, so are we seeing something, has he changed time or is it just this the way it always played out? Is he, it, it, it implies based on what we've seen on TV so far that this is the way it always happened based on the conversations that have been had. So either they're wrong that these, the, the, that isn't the way time works uh, and that he has actually changed time or what we're actually saying here is that he's still alive in the bunker. But what we did see, though, we saw him in the previous episode covered in blood in the bright blue room, but the bunker that we saw that he was in yeah. didn't have the wallpaper. It was dark. Either. Yeah. And didn't have the wallpaper. So, yeah, again, I mean, this, this implies, again, that that what we've seen in the past has happened. And now that we've seen who caused it to happen to him, so Ulrich's sitting outside the bunker, assuming that he's killed the boy... The show's already shown us that that doesn't seem to be the case, that in that bunker he must still be alive. Yeah, there feels like there's impending doom with this uh, with this show now. Um, the, the, I mean, the tone of it wasn't light to start with, but we feel like we're getting into the third act of, uh, of a movie, but of, of like of this the, the third act of this season. Um, which mm. is going to set it up for what the hell ever happens uh, next, um, which I'm just wondering how, how what else this show can do without getting too lost, lost without getting too lost in its um, in its exposition, and yeah, you know, it's mm. still asking you to understand an awful lot. And I have to tell you when. The, uh, the scientist was talking to the stranger. I started to think, "Hang on, this is this is getting a bit Matrixy revolution to me, where it's like the architect is talking and telling you how things work." Um, and I'm glad it sort of slowed down on that because it did get a little bit mm. um, confusing. The the language can be a bit difficult to kind of process, really, in terms of what they're talking about. They are talking about some complex themes and ideas on this on time travel time travel is a complex beast isn't it it's, there's a reason why we have so many different theories on what would happen with time travel mm. and this is exploring one of those those ideas uh but yeah it, it takes a little bit of, of of understanding and they do do a good i think they do a good job of, of demonstrating what they mean on screen while they're talking about this idea well i had one of the best montages i thought this episode mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think obviously this this is a common approach to the show. They round about the ten minute mark, ten minutes from the end, they will drop in their montage. It will usually involve a number of characters, uh, sometimes showing you them at different ages, and yeah, you just kind of it kind of just reminds you where you are, where where you're at, and where the other characters are at in their journeys as well, trying to sort of like understand keep track of everyone because this episode introduces more characters doesn't it this is the thing we've we've yeah. been we've kind of settled on the previous characters that we've seen in previous episodes mm -hmm. and then in this episode we suddenly go okay well we you know egon as an old man in 1986 but let's introduce him again as a young younger man um oh and he's got a wife called doris so let's introduce her um let's introduce um 
Tronte's mum, because obviously we've met Tronte as an older man and as a as an adult journalist in 1986 as well. But now let's show him again as a younger man, a younger boy, but then also introduce his mum into the mix and yeah. what's her part to play in this. So they yeah they they've kind of left it a little while and now bang here we go again. We've got new people to be introduced to. Uh, Daniel Carnwald, one of the uh, the policemen in the station. I think he's the chief of police in 1953 who is Innes Conwald's father mm -hmm. so again it's kind of it's it's showing you the generation as you would expect with a smaller town like this there's a lot of generational um kind of persistence for families through generations so you're you're seeing that now you're seeing like, we'll go back another generation and, and introduce you to their parents so yeah it's it's interesting and on the same uh, lines of, of Helga's abuse or potential abuse. So we also see that Tronte's upbringing doesn't seem to have been particularly great either. Uh, so he obviously turns up with his mum and she says that her husband's dead. I don't know. We don't know the history there, but certainly mm -hmm. when you see Tronte roll his sleeve up and you see all these cigar burns on his arms and you kind of think, oh my God, is that, you know, who's caused that? Is that his mum? Is that his dad? Is that the reason the dad's now dead? Um, is he dead? Perhaps they've just run away. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of questions around around that. Is he likely to come back on the scene and start trying to, you know, chase them down and cause problems for them in in Winden? So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to to think about in this episode. But it doesn't. You're right. I don't think it huge, hugely progresses anything as such. All it's really doing is explaining a little bit about what we've seen so far around Helga uh, and why he is the way he is. Yeah, and I didn't think there were cigarette burns or I didn't think there were cigar burns. I thought, is this something like to do with the nuclear power around there, or is this like a like a disease or something? I didn't get the vibe mm -hmm. that it was like cigar burns. Um, I think the best way to explain this episode that it doesn't progress the story much. It it feels like it's pulling the elastic band back before it lets go. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good analogy, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not, there's not, I mean, the, there is some major stuff that happens, obviously with the Ulrich and the, the, the head bashing mm. thing, which is gross. But, you know, it, it does feel like, the net, how many episodes left? Two? Two episodes. We have two more episodes of this season, yeah. Yeah, and then we're going to have a break for a few weeks and then we'll go back to season two. <laughs> Um, you're like what no you need to watch the, 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 you need to watch season two Simon in, in one day yeah I mean it's only eight episodes so we can definitely fit it in in one day no we can't that'll be like a podcast <laughs> that'll be nine hours long well no no we'll, we'll still record separate podcasts it's just we'll record them directly after each episode oh right so oh, yeah fine I'll just uh, won't leave the house it sounds good um, it's 24 hours in a day we've got nothing else to do at the moment with yeah. lockdown and everything yeah. coming back so do you think I'm sort of getting close with the good guys bad guys thing that's going to be going on are we going to be finding out more of an antagonist are we going to be finding out more with other characters like the uh the guy the the really rich kid who's like a drug dealer who we went to meet now and we don't know what that conversation was yet um it's that feels like it's all being little things that are being set up for maybe maybe next season i don't think we're going to find out in this season yeah there's there's 
there's obviously Noah seems to be the big player in all this. He seems to be the big manipulator on all of what's is going he, on so far. Is he? Yes, he's the antichrist. That's what they keep telling us. He's the antichrist. I don't. I think there's going to be a gotcha moment, and I'm not going to say what I think it is. But I'm going to write it down. I'm going to take a photograph of it, yeah. and I'm going to send it to you. But you can't open it until after I've uh, yeah after I've seen the episode. Okay, um, okay. So the, the the only thing, the other thing that that I uh, I do wonder about is I think towards the end of the episode when Tannhausen and the Stranger have obviously been having uh, more than one conversation about this, mm-hmm. and the conversation turns to uh, sort of like what, what what if I told you that everything you wrote in your book is correct? Uh, this is exactly what's happening. Uh, there's a wormhole here. It's it's this whole place is wrong. We need to destroy the whole thing. We can do. We can destroy the wormhole by using this other device that you've already created. And obviously, this is the first that Tannhaus has kind of heard of this device. He kind of mm-hmm. goes, you know, what what is this, and so on. Well, it's the thing that you created, and all that sort of stuff. And it's it's quite interesting that his reaction when the stranger says that my you know my plan is to destroy the wormhole. He basically tells him to get out. You know, whatever it is that he's said, he's he's like seems to be really concerned by the idea that he wants to destroy this wormhole, which makes me wonder if he knows more than he's letting on at that point. Yeah, it's almost as if he knows that the wormhole has to be used for the people to do the thing to stop the other thing from happening to the other thing. Basically, that's that's my theory. Yeah, yeah. that's. But no, he did. He, the, the, think... they, did they did, tur- like, he did turn on him, didn't he? He was like, please mm. leave. But the the even bigger like sort of reveal was that the machine that he showed him he's actually or he's 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 got one identical to it exactly exactly which is and and then yeah I mean so again although he's been talking about how I guess I mean does it mean that he didn't know what it was and he was waiting for the older stranger to to tell him what it what it was that was in his possession I don't know it's it's certainly weird to now have two of these devices to act like he didn't know what it was and then to end up with two of them. So he's, yeah, he's obviously come across this thing before in some form. Does he built it? Did someone give it to him? I think it's, I think it's the same one. I think it's like a duplication of the, uh, I think it's the same one. It's the exact same one. Yeah. Rather than that. He's built a separate one. I think it's the exact same one that's being brought either back or forward or whatever mm. um and that's uh, i just think it's the same one because it was identical apart from you know but didn't look brand new um mm. so i yeah i think that's the the same one we didn't see in, in, in this episode any of the any of the kids really did we we didn't see jonas we didn't see uh Mikhail, we didn't see any of the 1986 stuff that was going on um yeah does it continue in 1953 or do we go back to 1986 before the end of this season? Surely you can tell me. That. Um, I can tell you that we will be bouncing. Um, <laughs> there's more of the story in 1953 to tell. Uh, there's more of the story in 1986 to tell. And there's more of the story in 2019 to say. Essentially, all of these things are happening. Uh, if you can imagine that they're all happening at the same time. The same. So when we jump between the time periods, we're talking about like 
the I forget what the latest date is in the show at this point, maybe like the 14th of November or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the 14th of November in all three of those time periods. And when that means that when, for example, the door is opened in, uh, you know, the Sigmundus Creatus S door mm-hmm. uh, in the cave, when that's opened, I think the same sounds are being heard in all three time periods at the same time. If that makes sense. No. No. Say that again, because you've got me lost. Imagine you have three lines on a piece of paper, three straight lines. The top line is 1953. (laughs) Three lines on a shirt. Three lines on three lines, not lions. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, so it's the lions. I was like, what the, f- what the heck? Okay, so three lines on right. a on a shirt. Three straight, three straight lines on a piece of paper, and they are all uh, perpendicular. That's not the right term. What's the term <laughs> when they're alongside it? Parallel. Three parallel lines. Right. Okay. That are on a piece of paper. Yeah. The top line is 1953. The right. second line is 1986. Yeah. And the third timeline is 2019. Can and you just you put, oh, hang on, on, hang on, on just slow down. I feel mm-hmm. this will be more, this will be more beneficial and better if you can do it in the voice of Doc Brown from Back to the Future because I feel like that this is the sequence when he's drawing on the blackboard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm no good at accents, so I think I'll give that a miss. Money! <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what to say. I'll send you a script, and you can you can. That was a pretty possible impression of of, of Doc Brown. Yeah, definitely. Right. So we got so th- yeah, three so lines. Th- so three lines on a piece of paper, and so the top line is 1953. The second line is 1986. The top bottom line is 2019. Right. The if you mark a point on that line. Uh, like draw a, a straight line through all of those lines so yeah. that it's just a straight line down vertical yeah. that is imagine that that is the the time to the hour and minute for all three periods at the exact same year right in, in all three years yeah so if somebody opens the door in nine in 2019 and you start getting all that flickering stuff going on. It's flickering in the both same decades. Exactly. It's flickering in all three decades at the same time, I think, is basically what is happening. So that is uh, that potentially is why when we were talking about the birds earlier, I don't think you're right. I don't think it's the nuclear power plant that's causing it. It's that the, the, the wormhole, the interacting when they open the doors and it's, it, that they tra- they travel. I think that is what's killing the birds, and that's why in 1953 we're seeing those dead birds. And I think there's two of them, isn't there? I don't know if he's. Maybe that just means the doors only open twice at that point. I, I, I I'm lost. I need to go and watch it again. <laughs> How many times have you watched this episode? Any, it's uh, this this episode now probably about six times. See, I've watched Lost, but when I've watched it, I've only I've watched the whole thing. I've never gone back and mm. watched particular uh episodes it's like mm. lord of the rings for me if i watch i can't watch lord of the rings from uh, from the two towers i've got to start at the fellowship and then get to the return of the king and it has to be the extended cuts and i have to watch them all in the right order um and it's the same with the with, reason with lost i can't i can't do a show and watch it not how it's supposed to be made, uh watched mm. So the reason I think I'm watching this episode so many times now is because every time we watch an episode each week, 
what I end up doing is then watching the remaining episodes of the season because I can't stop myself because I, I'm so obsessed with it. So uh, this is why I've ended up watching this episode so many times compared to the earlier parts of the season, because it's now got to a point where I'm so close to the end that if I start watching episode and it's, you know, it happened with episode seven as well. I got to the end of episode seven and I was straight into episode eight and then I got to the end of that straight into episode nine. So the, the more recent episodes, the, the ones that close out this season, I've, I've seen them more than I've seen the earlier episodes. So it's like a wave. Yeah. For the final episode, we should, because obviously we, 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 uh, we watched it separately, I should live stream my reaction as I'm watching the final episode. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. I mean, it's got to be better than, it's got to be better than Cats. Um, or like you know reaction i don't mean like to to the public i mean to you so like you know what i mean yeah. so like we'll watch it at the same yeah, yeah, time yeah. and that way uh yeah we we should definitely we should definitely agree to watch it at exactly the same time so that it's happening in parallel yeah which is perfect given what we were just talking about earlier with the parallel timelines and now we will both be watching it at exactly the same time so whatever happens in your household will be happening in my household uh, yeah, no, so we could do that. That's that's a good idea. And that'll be in two weeks' time for episode 10. So what do we have coming up next? It's What's the next episode? Uh, episode 9 is called Everything is Now. Not everything is awesome. No, everything is now. Which ties into what we were just talking about, how everything is happening yeah. at the exact same time. It's all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. It feels like that scene now in Spaceballs. When will then be now? Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Uh, Rick Moranis. Whatever happened to Rick Moranis? I mean, he didn't have the biggest career either, but what he did do, he was brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. And did you know who was originally down to do his, to, to play his role in Ghostbusters? John Candy. Ooh. I can't imagine John Candy in that role. No, it would have been completely different because, you know, John Candy does that bumbling, lovable, mm. you know, like you feel sorry for him type, like character, but not nerdy. Um, mm. But you could imagine John Candy doing it. But yeah, Rick Moranis, man, he was just so good. So episode nine, everything is now, that does mirror what you were just talking about. And... Um, mm-hmm. Which makes me think, I wonder if this is going to be set in all three timelines. Are we going to see multiple things going on? Um, are we going to see more stuff about Noah? I'd, I'm more, I'd like to know more about this evil guy. I mean, he's not done anything wrong yet. All we've seen is he's got a bit of a dodgy tattoo. He dresses up as a priest and he doesn't mind drug dealers. <laughs> But apart from that, we don't... Yeah. Oh, and he doesn't age either. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I guess you, if you've got the stranger who appears to be the good guy in all of this and wants wants things to, to be reset and fixed, and then you've got uh, Noah, who at the moment appears to be manipulating things, and it seems to be involved in all the... what we would consider to be bad stuff happening, with given that there are dead bodies being dragged around and stuff. So it's interesting that we're kind of p- picturing this as being bad versus good. And yet the 
the main takeaway from this, the, the, the conversation is that everyone thinks about stuff as dualities and it's that's not the case. You have bad and good, but then you also have the neutral in the middle. So does that mean that there's a third person to come in this that is the neutral character? Or is one of these two the neutral character and is someone that's more evil or better? You know, there's, there's, I think this show is basically going to explore the idea of, of freeze a lot more uh, now that they've just sort of said that. So given, I, I think that's kind of immediately apparent in the fact that this is a free season show. Yeah. And I don't think that's the only, uh, and I don't think that's going to be the only example of freeze in this show. I bet that'll be another thing that when we get to the end of it, you can go and rewatch and identify a lot more freeze. Yeah, I think the stranger, I think I said this earlier, is Jonas. Any, You don't have to confirm that because I know you won't. Um, but I think Jonas is going to be the main good dude on this show. Um, and I also, the question I've got, you won't answer it is do we ever find out the stranger's real name? So there we have it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cinebinge. I hope you enjoyed it. My name's Simon. And I've been the stranger. <laughs> See you next week. Boom. Done. Done.